0: And welcome back to another episode of the All Good in the Brotherhood podcast with me, Whitaker, and my brother, Francisco Whitaker. Howdy,
1: everyone. So uh, today, we're going to be looking at the idea of the Spirit and the letter of the law. Um, we, As we're working through Lent, uh, there's definitely something, uh, there's a strong theme through the readings that we'll be seeing, uh, which is Jesus calling, uh, particularly the Pharisees, um, but really all of us, to to really cut to the heart uh, of what it means to be uh, a follower of Christ, or follower of God, um, and, and, you know, a disciple. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's more than just all of these regulations and rules, which is Christianity is often criticized for being just a religion of a bunch of commandments and rules. Yeah. But Jesus is constantly calling the Pharisees to repentance and conversion uh, because they live more of what he says, is the letter of the law and not Mm -hmm. the spirit so that can sometimes be uh, a harsh sounding phrase or a difficult one it's like what does jesus really mean when he says that and how do we live uh, the letter and the spirit of the law Mm -hmm. and not just get caught up in doing what the what law says and we're talking about lots of different laws Um, laws in the church uh, laws in society uh, laws of nature Mm -hmm. Um, those are Actually, those are even ones that are being broken these days. Yeah, um, absolutely. So what what does it mean to obey the spirit of the law? So, Nate, could you give a distinction between
0: what it means to say that there's a letter of the law and the spirit of the law? Right. Well, it seems like the difference is, to put it briefly, between the letter and the spirit of the law is the letter of the law is what it says in a very literal way. Yeah. It's what's written out, um, codified, but the spirit of the law is what it means, Okay. So for example, um, I guess just to think of a particular example would be uh, in the Sabbath in, in the Ten Commandments when God commanded the Israelites, you should keep holy the Sabbath. Yeah uh, what it like said literally and, and as it was further kind of explained in the Mosaic law is you should not do work on the Sabbath and you should not um, do any kind of work whatsoever. And that's in a, in a sort of le- sort of legalistic, Sense that's what the letter said, but the spirit of it is, you should, be pious and you should devote, um, kind of part of your attention on a specific day to God. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a broader sense, and and the the letter seems to be kind of the particular execution in a in a concrete way that we humans can remember and can can uh, keep in a in a very tangible way, whereas the the spirit is, the purpose I think or the the end of the letter. Yeah, so, so the letter of the law is the exact
1: direction that keeps our body moving to what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and the spirit is basically how the law is supposed to affect us. Right. Because um, if all we do is follow something because simply someone tells us to do it, we're not really learning anything by it. Right. We're not letting it change us. Whereas if we live the spirit of the law, then we're truly taking that Inwardly, mm-hmm. um, and letting it change us. Because uh, especially laws that God gives us, either through the Ten Commandments or through Revelation or particularly Christ that he gives to us, um, they might sound very legalistic. They might sound like, okay, you have to do X, Y, and Z. But that's only if you look at it on a really superficial level. Mm-hmm. If you let yourself, basically, if you let yourself receive what the law has for you, mm-hmm. um, and instead of just like, well, I have to do this instead of like, well, what maybe does God desire for me if I do this? Right. Um,
0: is looking at uh, the difference between letter and, and spirit. I think that's really good the way you distinguished that and said that the spirit should actually hopefully change us so that when we're observing the spirit of the law, it's because there's an internal change and not just our bodies doing what we know it should do. Um, and I, it reminds me of a distinction, it's, it's a little bit different from talking about the law, but a similar distinction. Um, that Aristotle talks about in his book The, the Ethics mm-hmm. where he, he talks about the difference between what he calls continence and uh, virtue or living virtuously. And he says um, basically there's such a thing as a, a person can do a good thing simply because he knows it's a good thing and he feels a sense of obligation but not because he desires to and that he calls continent. For example, if you're somebody who... Uh, tends towards gluttony and you eat just you know every time you're at a party you just you know you eat too much or you drink too much okay a continent man uh he will leave it he'll like when he kind of sets out on the path towards trying to be better he'll leave aside that uh, that bad behavior and he'll say okay i'm not going to eat so much i'm not going to drink so much but it's painful for him and he doesn't enjoy trying to be moderate but he he does it because he feels obliged to and he knows it's a good thing to do but then it's a step further when you become a virtuous person because a virtuous person, at least Aristotle okay. sees it, is when having like done this good activity for a while, his – not just his mind but his, his whole kind of spirit and even his passions are reordered so that he actually starts enjoying doing the moderate behavior. Mm-hmm. So the difference between a continent man and, and a virtuous man in that instance is, yeah, the continent man and the virtuous man will both act similarly. They'll both – just eat a moderate amount, maybe, or drink a moderate amount, yeah. but the virtuous man goes deeper. He doesn't just observe it in his external actions. He really loves eating the moderate amount, and he feels pleasure at doing that, and and so I think it carries over to the, the difference between the letter and the spirit of the law is um, we can all obey the letter of the law mm-hmm. um, because that, that's something external, and you know it, it somehow isn't as deep. Even though it's still something, but it's not as deep. Anybody can observe the letter of the law in their actions and make sure they don't technically violate uh, this or that rule. But it's an, a step further and deeper and more personal when you observe the spirit of the law. Because that's when I think you've reached the point where you're not just obeying the rules because somebody has stated them as rules and you fear punishment, right. but rather right. because you love the law and you want to observe it and you want to live it out as well as you can. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely feel like in my own life, there's been things that I've chosen not to do simply because, oh, well, you know, I don't want to get punished for it instead of I don't want to give this up or not do it because it shows that I love someone or I love God. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's a strong difference between obeying just what the law says and obeying what it means Mm -hmm. is that there's a a difference between how your will is disposed to it in in love. You use the word passion, and I like that, because love, uh, as Aquinas would say, is a passion. Um, And I actually wrote a little bit about this in my my thesis uh, for my master's in philosophy last year, about how the difference uh, in the Christian understanding of how our virtues play into, or sorry, our passions play into our virtue, and that... uh, the truly virtuous man is passionate mm-hmm. about pursuing virtue. Right. So a man who is truly obedient to the law isn't just obedient because the law says so, is obedient because he loves the idea of what the law has. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for us, if God has given us, you know, the Ten Commandments, let's say, you know, honor your father and mother, you don't obey your parents. Or we shouldn't just obey your parents uh, simply because they're the ones in authority. Mm-hmm. simply because God told us to, but because being obedient to them is something we actually should grow to love doing. We should Mm -hmm. want to listen to what they say because we know that it's good for us and that they are wiser than us Mm -hmm. and that they can help us grow in virtue themselves. Um, And for me, the difference then between just obeying the letter of the law and the spirit of the law is the difference between um, just doing and loving. Hmm. So you were talking about continence as like, you know, he does it even if he doesn't like it, whereas virtuous man also likes it. And I think that's a really important thing for us to remember when maybe, you know, there's that, that one little sin we kind of would like to do and like, well, I'm not really hurting anyone that much. Or Mm -hmm. did, does God really mean for me not to do it like that? Or,
0: um, rationalize
1: yeah rationalize or or even more like oh is is that what it really means like <laughs> um you know thou shall not kill well i didn't kill anyone so i didn't break that commandment right uh, but there's so many other ways we can kill people um with our words with our thoughts with our judgments um that if i truly loved others i wouldn't want to do any of those things mm-hmm. to them but if it's just obeying thou shall not kill well i haven't done that right um so I, th- I think
0: love also plays a really important part when it comes to the spirit of the law. I think it's a really great distinction that you made there between simply doing and loving. Because it, like, it seems to me a robot could obey this, the, the letter of the law, but it takes a person of passion to obey the spirit of the law. Yeah. You have to really be passionate about the purpose of the law in order to be a man of the spirit mm-hmm. of the law. And um, a man or woman. Uh, observing the spirit of the law has to be passionate about it and not simply obeying out of fear or out of obligation. Um, and and yet, while there is this difference between the two, I think it's important to draw out that we do, in some sense, need both of them, right? Yeah. Oh, I would agree, for sure. Because I guess if you don't have the letter of the law, how are you going to get to the point where you are in love with it, mm-hmm. right? If you don't first go through the, the phase of to use kind of, again, Aristotle's terminology with respect to virtue, if you don't go through the phase of continence where you're training yourself in spite of in spite of yourself, yeah. how will you ever get to the point where you're really loving the good work? Um, it seems to me you have to have some exposure to the letter of the law and what it says before you can grasp what it means and what its purpose is. A, a person can't go right from, uh, from bad behavior to suddenly being in love with uh, good behavior. He has to go through a process of purging and training, yeah, and kind of exercising yeah. where he's being grounded in the letter of the law and being told, you know what, what you're doing before is wrong. You need to come over and understand the, the, the letter of the law to the point where he's familiar with it. And then after that, he can reach the point where he is in love with it. That That's actually, okay, so this makes me think of uh, the Christian
1: spiritual journey um, according to St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila. So um, I'm mm. not sure how familiar you are with it, but there is, according to them... Um, There's three kind of stages to the Christian spiritual life. uh, Well, they first are initiated by um, someone who's, you know, first comes to know Christ, first uh, starts exploring, you know, the truths of the gospel. And after they decide to intentionally become a disciple of Christ, then they enter on this spiritual journey. So the first stage is called the purgative way. Hmm. The second is the illuminative. And the last stage is called the unitive way. In the first stage, a person is, you know, starting to do all of these spiritual things. They're starting. They're uh, maybe they're really enjoying them. They're learning all of these new things, and they're just doing a lot of good things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there comes a point though where they are kind of challenged because they've done all these things, but they're not necessarily feeling like the good things about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing them, but they're like, well, what's, what's the reward? Well, then they pass, after that, they pass into the illuminative way where in the purgative way, you're getting rid of, like you said, you have to purge. They're right. getting rid of those, like, really bad sins, mortal sins that are mm-hmm. keeping them from Christ. Well, after they purge themselves from that and they go into the illuminative way, they're trying to get rid of even those venial sins, which, according to, like, the spirit letter conversation, the letter of the law would be like, you know, get rid of those mortal sins. But I think really coming into obeying the spirit of the law, you also want to get rid of even those last little things that Mm -hmm. keep you from a strong relationship with Christ and with others. And then finally, uh, after then experiencing another kind of dark period where everything kind of seems like what's going on, you know, uh, why am I doing all this, but still still holding on to Christ through that, you pass into the unitive way, which is simply... Loving God for God. You don't need him to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to do anything yourself. You're just yeah. simply loving him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a good representation of what it means to, like you were saying, we first have to do the letter. We still have to do what the law says right. before the love of, of it comes. Mm-hmm. So we have to do spiritual things. We have to do the, the, these things that uh, the church says are necessary for a relationship with mm-hmm. Christ before we actually come to love that relationship. Right. If you don't start a conversation with someone, you'll never love the, that person you're talking to. Right. Uh, same
0: goes with Christ. Yeah, you have to go through the shallow end kind of before you can get to the deep end. Yeah, yeah. It's It'd be foolhardy and almost impossible, I think, for most of us to just jump in uh, at the extreme and try to... I mean, it's, it's basically impossible, I think, really to jump in to the point where you're in love with the, the spirit of the law before you've passed through the purgation of the letter. Even with the particular example you gave before where the letter of the law in in the fifth commandment is thou shalt not kill. Mm -hmm. Um, But the spirit of it, someone who observes the spirit knows also, well, he shouldn't be killing people with his words through gossip or with his thoughts through uncharitable thoughts. Um, And yet you would have to acknowledge – you would have to really observe the letter first and foremost before you can get to the spirit. A a person can't go to the place where – can't reach the point where they're um, treating others kindly in their thoughts and, and words. If they're still struggling with killing people, you know, yeah, yeah you have exactly. to overcome the challenges that the letter poses for us before we can get to the spirit. Um, and yet, so so now I guess we've established that you do need the letter, um, but why do you need the spirit? Is is it necessary to have the spirit, or is that just kind of a the the cherry on top? That's a, that's a nice bonus, right? Right, dude. Is it just sort of an add on, or or could you in theory just be a robot and kind of observe the letter your whole life, and, and that's as good as it gets? Well, I mean, I would say definitely not because Jesus himself says that's not good enough.
1: When he condemns the Pharisees, he says, you know, you obey uncircumcised of mind and heart, right? That's what Mm -hmm. he tells the Pharisees, uh, which is a really insulting thing to say to Jews because circumcision was like the mark of their covenant with God. So by saying that they were uncircumcised of heart, that means in themselves they actually— did not have a covenant. They did not have a relationship with God.
0: Wow. Yeah. So,
1: um, if Jesus is saying, you know, you uncircumcised of heart and mind to obey the letter but not the spirit, uh, he's saying that like just obeying the letter is not enough to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I think it's enough for the setup, but it's not enough for the like like using potency and act. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the letter kind of gives us opens us up to have the potency to have a relationship with God. But then the Spirit actually makes us have an actual relationship with him and and with other people. Um, because if you and I were just simply obeying the laws of the church, right, which is, you know, the f- four precepts of the church, go to confession once a year, receive communion at Christmas and Easter, uh, go to Mass on Sunday, and uh, what's the fourth one? Uh,
0: uh I don't know.
1: Um, I, yeah, uh, well... <laughs> So it shows what good Catholics we are. Oh yeah, we or know Maybe a lot. it's just those. Right? I think it right. might just be those three, four. Yeah. Anyways, regardless, if all we did was that, um, like none of that really says I have to have uh, a relationship with another person in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so if all I was doing was that, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. You, mm-hmm. you we should do more. You're fulfilling a bare minimum, but yeah, you're not advancing. Exactly. Yeah. So the letter of the law, I feel like can. Set us up to it to get something great, but the spirit actually really allows us to participate in it, right? Um, and the letter is like there are boundaries to the letter of the law, this mm-hmm. is exactly what it says. But the spirit of the law, I feel like, has infinite depth, right? So, there's always more in ways in which we can obey what the letter says if we come more and more in
0: conformity with the spirit, absolutely. Of the and I like the way you talked about it's really true that the spirit is um, the sign of a relationship with God and not merely um, a fulfillment of obligation. Yeah. So it, then it, but whereas the letter, insofar as it, it's kind of more concerned with fulfilling this or that obligation or obeying this regulation, it seems kind of like a means to the end of obtaining the spirit. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it would be um, pointless to just stop short and, and stop at, the, at the, observing the letter of the law because that's the means by which we're supposed to reach the end mm-hmm. of the spirit of the law, having a relationship with God that motivates us to do good. So it, that's, I think, really where the, the Pharisees and where so many of us easily go astray is when we're just trying to observe the bare minimum, the, the the letter of the law, and we're just trying to check those boxes. We're missing the whole point why those boxes exist in the first place because yeah. they're supposed to lead us to the point where we have the relationship and we are observing the spirit. So if we, if we just stop short at... Uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make sure I go to mass on Sundays. I'm just gonna check that box. I'm not gonna kill anybody. I'm not gonna steal. Then that's great. We're fulfilling a bare minimum. But guess what? It doesn't. That, that's not the purpose. Mm-hmm. Th- those are simply means to the end of us forming a strong relationship and observing the spirit of the law. That's yeah. why you need both. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm thinking too. So, like, think about certain Jewish rituals, right? The, their bathing rituals, or they had how they had to anoint themselves before they went to the temple. Um, those If they follow just that, there's not like, okay, yeah, you're clean and you smell nice. That's great. But what's the point? Right. Is that you have – you're intentionally doing something to present yourself to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I don't want to get Uh, a a flack for this, um, but I think this is where the the tension exists in the church today between traditionalism and non-traditionalism. Yeah. Is that uh, traditionalism – like if you find extreme – people who are in the traditionalist bandwagon which i i love tradition i we had a whole episode about it mm-hmm. i love tradition in the church i like the tridentine mass i've gone to it before it's beautiful um but there's certain people with opinions in it that uh like you have to follow this exactly and if you're not following this exactly like you're like you're completely invalid or you're not a good christian you're not a good catholic right and they're focusing really on the movements, which is good if you follow the movements for what they bring you to. Right. If, if all you focused on is the movements, though, you miss the intention. The movements aren't an end in themselves. Yeah. They're supposed to move us towards the exactly. end. Exactly. Just like anointing or something in Jews. But on the other end, though, I feel like non-traditionalists follow, like, oh, we don't need all those movements because we can just go, like, God, Jesus understands. Right. Jesus understands. Like, if you truly love Jesus, like, he understands. You don't need all those other things. And it seems like, we're caught in this tension where traditionalists have a very strong understanding of what it means to follow the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. And non-traditionalists have this idea where they think they can follow the spirit without the letter. Right. Um, and you can't, and I'm not lumping all non-traditionalists or all traditionalists in this either. These are the, the extremes, which are the ones who have voices. Right. Um, True. So I think why there's tension is because those extreme people can't reconcile that with each other. Right. Whereas I think most people would agree the median, which is we should have very clear boundaries for what liturgy looks like, but catechize how people. your life looks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And your life, yeah. Your liturgy and your life, your morality, all those things with catechesis that shows you why. Right. And the intention behind exactly. those things.
0: So you're not just doing things for their own sake when that are in fact supposed to be meant as means. You're doing those things in their proper order as means towards an end, but that end, loving God, can't just – you can't just try to jump to it without the means in the first place. You need the proper order. You need both. You need the structure of the law according to the letter, and then you need the love of Christ that you get from the spirit of the law. Yeah, yeah. And and really trying to go to one extreme at the expense of the other, you'll really get neither, and you'll miss out on the fullness of the law and really – the kind of lifestyle that you're supposed to lead, mm-hmm. and and that's I think that's the case with so many extremes as far as um, whether it's politics or in this case you're talking about an ecclesiastical kind of disputes um, or, or cultural wherever it is. So often the extremes um, on any issue, they just they miss the point of uh, of balance. Yeah. In fact, yeah. what you need to do is meet in the middle often, and and it's not just about compromise. It's about really. The middle is often the place of greatest truth. In this case, it, it is. Like, you, you can't have just the spirit devoid of the letter, and you can't have just the letter devoid of the spirit. You need both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then, uh, let's, if we could
1: move maybe into some practical uh, applications of this, where are places that you think we need to move from the letter of the law more into the spirit uh, for us? Um, I'll start. Um, so I think just, like, personally, we have a commandment. Um, You know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, Mm -hmm. mind, soul, and strength. Right. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, I do that. I love God. You know, I turn to him. But you can't love someone if you don't have a relationship with them. And you can't have a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them. Yeah. So So true. that first commandment is actually a commandment to pray. And not to pray occasionally, but to pray every day. And not to pray for a short period of time, but to actually pray with sincerity and length. So – I think that we—I have definitely had this tendency, too, to think, oh, well, 10 minutes of prayer is, like, that's good enough. Like, I did what—you know, I checked the box. Or I did my holy hour. Like, great, I did it. Um, yeah. Check. Um, we have—there's a, a law to pray. We need to follow that law. But we also need to understand that what is this law doing for us? Christ doesn't command, I need you—I'm telling you to pray— because I want you to sit in front of me and so you remember that I'm in charge and you're not. No. He's saying that I need you to pray because that's going to be the best thing for you. Because mm-hmm. a relationship with me right. is the best thing for you. Um, because I am good and I have all these good things for you. Mm-hmm. And in prayer, when you form a relationship, we, we better understand how Christ is giving us those good things. And we can ask for them better. Mm-hmm. And we can hear him speak to us where we need it. Whereas, if we only follow the letter, which is do it, we can do it and not receive anything ever. Mm-hmm. So, going into it with intention. I think prayer, for me, is a, is a strong area that I have this tension between just doing rather than loving. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people probably would agree with me on that.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And the way you clarified, seems right that um, you need to recognize what is the purpose of the letter, and again, the, the reason why God called us to to prayer and and tells us as a matter of law that we should pray isn't just for his sake. It's because he knows it's the best thing for us. And that's part of, I think, recognizing the spirit of the law in any situation is realizing the purpose of it, not just through our feelings, but really rationally. You you, you rationally look at the letter of the law and you see, okay, what's the point of this? Oh, the point is for this or that. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can really start to judge and discern what the spirit of the law is. For me, um, uh, another category where I think I I need to work on this more is uh, you were talking about prayer Mm -hmm. but another major part of the spiritual life that I need to work on is uh, charity to others Mm -hmm. and uh, taking care of your neighbor because that's you you mentioned the first greatest commandment which is love the Lord your God with all your strength but the second um, greatest commandment is uh, love your neighbors yourself and as far as observing the letter goes yeah, you could kind of do that also in a bare minimum sort of way. You're just mm-hmm. checking a box, ful- fulfilling an obligation to um, every now and then, you know, try to help out where you can. Um, but you can miss out the spirit of the law if you just try to fulfill an obligation, just try to kind of meet the minimum. Yeah. If you're yeah. simply saying, okay, well, I guess maybe on at church I should tithe this amount, so I'll, I'll tithe and then I won't worry about um, charity after that. Or, or maybe every now and then you, you – volunteer for a, a tiny amount of time and you, you feel good about yourself um, and you say, well, you know, I've fulfilled that that law well enough. Mm-hmm. There's something missing. You're still just, if you're only trying to, to meet the minimum um, obligation, just fulfill that. Uh, that that itself reflects a lack of the sense of the spirit of the law. Mm, yeah. Whenever we're looking at some good work um, with the mentality of uh, what's the least I can do and still check this box <laughs> yeah, exactly. then we should know right away within ourselves we are missing out on the spirit of the law and so for me I think the case where that happens is with taking care of our neighbors and those less fortunate When whenever I myself am thinking okay what's the least I can do and get away with it and still be in some way helping people out That's that should be a sign to myself I'm missing out on the spirit of the law the spirit of the law is not just do the bare minimum the, the spirit of the law is love your neighbor really as yourself, care for them as readily and as um eagerly as you would yourself
1: yeah yeah two things come to mind which you said that uh, first is uh, when you talked about like the bare minimum um we often might obey the law just so we don't feel bad about not obeying it right so like giving charity to others like you know dropping you know a couple of dollars into a bucket for you know someone on the street um or signing a check for, you know, some charity. We're doing it not necessarily because we really want – and maybe we do want to help those people, but I feel like there's also kind of this – we have this feeling we don't want to feel bad that we right. didn't do it's it. Still so selfish. We just, we just did it. Whereas if we're obeying the spirit of the law, we'd be frequently doing it, not because I don't want to feel bad, but because I want to help those people and those people need it. So true. Um, and then, yeah, just like also – that simple idea of, like, signing a check or dropping cash in or whatever, you're kind of putting a barrier between you and the person you're actually helping. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if we were truly obeying the spirit of the law, we need more of a like a hands-on or face-to-face interaction with those people uh, whom we are helping because uh, then it's not just about me anymore, right? It's not just about taking care of, uh, like, the box, checked box, but it's encountering that person. Mm-hmm. And that's how Christ desires the law to get us to is He gives us things to do so that we, it, it uh, creates an encounter, mm-hmm. either with Him or with other people. Right.
0: Absolutely. So, I guess just wrapping up all of what we've been saying, it seems that like the conclusion is um, if you were to ask, do we need the letter of the law or do we, we need the spirit? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Because Affirmative. We, we need the letter to ground us and ground our lives in concrete behavior, but we need the spirit to motivate us to come out of ourselves and just come out of a sense of obligation towards actual love and passion. Yeah, yeah. And when we have those both, it can create an incredible life. And when we lack one or the other, um, well, th- that's that's very common. We're, we're Most of us are generally lacking one or the other, but we need to work on that, and we need to strive to um, obey the letter because that's, that's something concrete, and that's that, that needs to be there for us to have stable moral lives. But we need to go beyond that and really seek the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Great. Seek the spirit.
1: I like that. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, If you have any topic ideas that you would like for us to discuss, feel free to either DM us on Facebook or Instagram, or email us at the uh, email address in our description below. We hope that you have a blessed and wonderful rest of your day.
0: All right, peace out.